everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Crystal Sparks, and I am so grateful you're here, whether this is your first time or maybe you're here every single time. Be sure and hit subscribe so you never miss out on anything happening over here. And hey, before I jump into any of this, like you are listening literally days before uh, registration for Sisterhood opens. And what is Sisterhood? It is so much fun. Like if you're a girl and you are in the area, you want to show up. Uh, I actually have friends, a friend of mine, Amy, she lives in New York. Shout out to Amy as she flies in from New York just for Sisterhood because it's just that good. It's legit that good. And so we do it on, we're doing it March 9th and March 10th. Uh, They're identical experiences. The 9th and the 10th are those evenings uh, where you can come. We do it for two nights just because our facility can't accommodate all the women that want to come. And then on the afternoon of March 10th, which is a Friday, we're doing a workshop and I love the workshop. It's a great time to Go deeper in the word, connect with people. We have great coffee. We'll feed you a great lunch. And that's part of the VIP package. In VIP, you get to go to a pre-party on uh, whichever evening that you attend. And you get merch because everybody's all about sisterhood merch. It's always so cute. And uh, you get a reserve section in the facility. So it kind of helps you uh, be able to get a great seat and It's just this. It's just so much fun. So whether you're coming uh, just for one of the evening spots and you're just going to come and have a good time, or maybe you're going to join us for the workshop, you want to be sure and be a part of that. The registration for that uh, begins on February the 19th, and we'll have the information down below so that way you can get a ticket for you and a girlfriend. And so, hey, I am actually reading right now in Genesis, and um, I just finished, and I love the book of Genesis. Every time I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all so good. And so today, I just want to talk to you about the process of a dream, the process of a dream. I love the story of Joseph and Joseph has a dream as a young child that he is going to be over his brothers and that he sees even his dad bowing down to him. And he goes through so much heartache. His brothers sell him into slavery. He, um, he, They take his coat and show it to their father and make up this fictitious story about how he's dead. And time goes on, and he's in Potiphar's house, and uh, Potiphar's wife uh, accuses him of uh, trying to have sex with her. And the way that she proves it is by taking his coat which I just think is so interesting that the pain that he had from one season uh, resurfaced in another season and how the enemy will find things that work in our life like pain points. And he just recycles it in a different room with different people. But it's the same thing where his brothers took his coat and that's where they made up a fictitious story. Now Potiphar's wife took his, his outer garment and made up a fictitious story. And I think sometimes in our life, like we'll have moments as we're on our way to this big God dream in our heart, we'll see this same cycle of pain. Maybe for some of you, it's a cycle of rejection. Maybe you're like Joseph being wrongfully accused. Maybe it's a heartache, like whatever it is, right? We'll have these things that the enemy has figured out. When I do this, maybe they'll quit. And so he's put into prison for a crime he didn't even commit. 
And while he's in there, he interprets dreams and of this these two people, and he tells them, like, hey, just do me this favor. Like, don't forget me. Well, time goes on. And uh, oftentimes people say that they that they forgot Joseph, but I really think it was providential even in the timing of Joseph. I think if they would have remembered Joseph before when they mentioned him, I don't think that it would have turned out the same. It was like God was setting the whole stage, and really the best way for Joseph to get introduced was when uh, the king has this dream, and he doesn't know how to interpret it. And one of the guys there is like, hey, actually, I met this guy, and he interpreted dreams. And you really think about it, that if he would have introduced Joseph and remembered him at any other point, there really wouldn't have been a stage to like bring him in. But it was actually like the backdrop, like the need is what caused an open door for him to be on scene. It wasn't as much as he was forgotten, as much as God was waiting for the providential perfect time. So Joseph comes in, he interprets the dream, and immediately he's put into this place of position. And just side note, like God makes up for everything that Joseph had missed out on in a moment. And one day he goes from being a prisoner and he doesn't even have like good clothes on or any of that, which is just like so restorative when you think about it, that whenever they call for Joseph, they cut his hair, they like get him cleaned up, they put clothes on him. And you know, he thinks, wait, this has never gone well for me. Like clothing has always been a mark of I'm about to get hurt. I'm about to be rejected. But this time it was actually the announcement of everything he's been believing for, which just side note, a lot of times when we've had a history of rejection, a history of betrayal, we'll start predicting that the pain is going to happen again when God is setting the scene for the restoration of the areas that have been the most painful for us. So he gets clothed, right? And he, in a, in a day, he goes from being this guy who owns nothing, has no status, has nothing, to now all of a sudden, he's got a house, he gets given a wife, and he uh, is with his wife, he ends up having children, and it's just so incredible. And so time goes on. And you know, he's like, wow, like I'm in this place of prominence. I'm in this, like God's doing everything. He's giving me a family. And yet there's this one area of his life that still hasn't been like restored. And that's the relationship with his father and his brothers. And I'm sure he had moments that he wondered, okay, God, like where, where is this in my life? Like where, where, when are you going to do this part that you promise? Like, all this part of my life is good, but there's this one area. And I've found in my life, there's times and there's seasons where God's doing so many like beautiful, amazing things. But then there, there's just this like one area of my life that it almost feels like God kind of overlooked. Like he restored so much and he brought so much blessing, so much fruit. But there's this one area of my life that feels neglected. And I love it says in Genesis chapter 43, verse 1, this stood out to me this morning. It says, but the hunger and destitution and starvation were very severe and extremely distressing in the land of Canaan. And why I think that's significant is that if the famine wouldn't have happened, if it wouldn't have gotten to the point where they were severely starved, where they were extremely hopeless, his brothers wouldn't have gone searching for a solution. And it was the fact that everything in their world, everything in their life 
necessitated that for them to get out of a place of comfort and go to Egypt. And if they wouldn't have done that, Joseph's dream wouldn't have come to pass, and he wouldn't have been reconciled with his brothers. And I thought about how sometimes in my life, the worst seasons have brought out the most beautiful fulfillment of God's promises. And here they are in a time where it doesn't look like anything good could happen. And yet God was bringing fulfillment of something that he had shown Joseph as a young boy. In Genesis 43, verse 30, it says, And Joseph hurried from the room, um, for his heart yearned for his brother, and he sought privacy to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there. I was so moved when I read this because I thought about how many times in Joseph's life that he had been through despair. You know, whenever he's in the pit and he's being sold for slavery, his brothers are abandoning him. When he was wrongfully accused, all the nights he had in prison, all the times where he felt like he's so forgotten. And yet the Bible never tells us that he wept. It never tells us that he was sad. It never tells us that he was distressed. And I thought about how sometimes healing is often the most painful part of our journey. It's when everything is happening that you prayed for, that your deepest pains and honestly greatest fears are confronted. And there in that moment, all of a sudden, everything that was seemingly like pushed aside and he could avoid in other seasons, now he's face to face with the pain. As his brothers are standing there before him, they don't even recognize the man that he's become. They don't recognize him in this place of position, this place of power. And he's so moved that your Bible for the first time tells us, and I love that it lets us see his humanity, that here he is, this great man of faith. Here he is. He's accomplished great things. But on the inside, he's still broken. And I think about this because there's so many people out there. And when you look from the outside, you think, wow, their lives are going so great. Like they've got the business, they've got the car, they've got the house, they've got the kids, they've got all the stuff. But on the inside, as they're going through that journey, God's bringing him face to face with actually the deepest fears, the deepest pain, the deepest hurt that hasn't yet healed. So you would think that Joseph was healed when he came into all of that, but actually he was still in it. But I think on the inside, there were fears and rejection that he was still dealing with. And so I, as you begin to read on in Genesis 44, verse 20, he's talking to his brothers and he hears for the first time the story that they've told. He's been all this time separated from them. Some would say at this point, it's over 20 years since he's seen them. And now he's hearing the story that they had retold many times about how Joseph had been killed. And when he actually is looking at the very people that had sold him off. And I think about how hard that must have been for him. And in Genesis 47, 25 through 26, um, let's read that together. In Genesis 47, 25 through 26, it says, At, And they said, You have saved our lives. 
Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth part. It was the priest's land, only which did not become Pharaoh's. And I think about this because here all these people are. They're starving. They're going through the equally hard time. And they begin to make lifetime decisions over a momentary need. And I think about this, how many times that when we're going through hard seasons, when we're going through difficult times, we begin to make lifetime decisions based on our momentary need. And I want to encourage you, like, don't do that. Like, if you find yourself in a place in a, in a, like, where it feels like there's so much adversity all around you, don't begin to change the definition of your life, the purpose of your life, the calling of God on your life, um, based on what's currently, presently happening to you. And so the story goes on and and Joseph is reconciled with his dad and his brothers. But what's so beautiful is at the end of his life, like at the end of his life, uh, Joseph is there with his dad, Jacob. And Jacob begins to talk about God's promise. And I think it's so beautiful because throughout Jacob's lifetime, he's had so many times where he could have doubted the promise. He could have questioned God's promise, questioned God's faithfulness as he's lost his wife, Rachel, and uh, he thought his son, uh, Joseph, was dead. He's gone through so many things. And yet on his deathbed, he says that he's recalling to Joseph that the Lord told me, behold, I will make you a fruit, fruitful and multiply you. And I will make you a multitude of people and will give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession in Genesis 48, 4. And I think about that because in Jacob's life, he had so many moments to question. And yet on his deathbed, he's still declaring what God said. It's true. And your Bible goes on to talk about how he's standing before Ephraim and Manasseh. And Ephraim means that God will multiply. And Manasseh means that um, God made me to forget. And he's standing in front of them. And your Bible says that he crosses his hands. He puts his hand of blessing upon Ephraim. And his second hand of blessing goes upon Manasseh. And I thought about this, how it's such a beautiful prophetic picture of exactly what happened in Joseph's life. God made him to multiply first. And then God made him forget his sorrows. God caused everything where on the external looked fruitful and like the blessing of God. And then second came. God made me to forget, even though he had named them the opposite, right? Manasseh came first and then Ephraim. But actually, the way it played out in his life was the opposite. God blessed him first, and then over time, he made him forget. And so it's just such a beautiful story of of the journey of a dream. And every time I read Joseph's life, I'm always reminded about that God is a God of promise and that he is a God of process and he is going to be faithful to his word. And like, I just loved reading through Joseph this time, just the beauty of his humanity and how much like God took him on this journey that most people I think would have quit, like, but he stayed going
I hope you got so much out of today's content. Can you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on any new content here on my podcast? Also, one of the best ways for people to find my podcast is by you. If you will, share this podcast on your social media or maybe text it to a friend and help me get the word out so we can help others. Also, everything you need to know about today's podcast will be available down in the show notes. I also have a link for you to stay subscribed to my emails so you never miss out on anything that I have going on. So, hey, thank you so much for being here and let's do something awesome for God this week.